Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to episode 13 of That Moment Heart to Heart Talk with Victoria. And today I have Ed Green, who I met through a mutual partnership that we have um, through Unblinded. And Ed, I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for being Thank here. Thank you, Victoria. Yeah. And before we begin and before I have Ed introduce who he is in this world, I just want to introduce the show a little bit. This is a show about amazing people who are doing incredible things in the world, contributing to others, and also their story of some struggles and challenges and how they've thrived. And we all know that sometimes our mess can become our message, and we definitely can thrive through some challenging times. So I'm excited to have Ed here today because he's an incredible human. Um, Ed, welcome again, and please tell us, what is it that you do in the world? Who are you? Well, who am I? Um, I am a father. I'm a leader. Um, I am a, in terms of, I'm a husband. And I am a project manager in software in terms of my day job. So, you know, that's how I, that's how I make my money. That's how I earn my living. Um, and, but really I'm here to serve. And, um, you know, the purpose of my life is, is really to be a leader and to enjoy love in the world and to use my unique gifts to serve the greater good. So in addition to just my day job and, and the things I do in my family, I am also a person that wants to help people to be fit and healthy and kind of spread that message in the world of um, using science, using knowledge to uh, to improve our health and fitness. So that's that's a little bit about who I am. I love that. And you're coming to us from Iowa, right? And you have a home on a small you have a small farm or is your home on a small farm? Is that what I read? I do. Yeah. Yes. So we, we have a small home. Or you know, a home on a ranch. I'll call it a ranch. It's a farm, a ranch, but really, it's mainly just a few acres of pasture. And my wife is an animal collector, which is which means that I am an animal collector. So <laughs> I support the uh, her efforts to save and rescue animals. So we have quite a few um, animals that we have that she really has saved, and and that's really a passion for her. So I support her in that endeavor of cats and dogs and donkeys and horses and various other things that uh, that she does in that area so but it's just a real it's really a blast and a blessing to to have that um, resource available uh, to, to be able to ride horses and to have a time you know to space out here in the country where you know really not any neighbors close by yeah so it's just wonderful I love that and when we first spoke what I thought was most fascinating is your history. And just, you know, the progression of where you are today. Can you tell us a little bit about your history and what you did in your previous life? Sure. So, you know, I went to um, went to Penn State and one of the things in and I'll get into more detail, but one of the sort of things in my life that shaped me was the fact that I really we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So I had I needed to find a way forward. And what I did was I got a scholarship for um, Naval ROTC initially and then the Marine Corps. And so I went to four years of college at Penn State and then I got in the Marine Corps and I flew airplanes for 20 years. So I flew Harrier jump jets and through that process not only did I you know fly airplanes, I jumped out of airplanes. I've been to Navy scuba school and um, been in, you know, combat across the world. 
um, in various, you know, at least in two different scenarios. So yeah, it's it's been quite an interesting and exciting life in that sense. And, you know, that has shaped me in a lot of ways in terms of, you know, my wanting to be a lifelong learner and always striving for um, the edge and some kind of, um, you know, development of what can I find that's going to make me better and, and learn and, and, you know, get that next distinction. I love that. You talk about distinctions and I know that this episode's entitled Effective Blaming. And I wonder what is a little, and, and we're getting into it so quickly. And I definitely want to go back to, you know, what it is that you do to help people with their health. Because when you talk about that, you just light up. Um, but one of the things that you do talk about a lot is the personal development that you're very much into. And so am I. And so I really like that. And can you talk a little bit about your story and what has, I mean, I feel like you have such a dynamic background, lots of success. You obviously have, uh, you know, a lot of um, affection and affinity for for your wife and for your life. Um, what has had you be challenged in your life that has had you grow? Well, there were a number of things that that had me challenged, and if you, you know, I'll start uh, sort of at the beginning. So when uh, my father left when I was five, and that was the 1960s. So I'm 57. So this is like 1968. And at that time, you know, we grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania, and there it was a Catholic sort of community. And so um, parents, single parents, was not a thing back then. It was very much frowned upon, and divorce was not accepted. And so you know, that was, there was certain stigma associated with that. So that, that was a challenge that I, that I had to face early on, um, you know, being different than other people and um, being singled out and feeling like we were different and we were, you know, maybe not as good as, as other people. We were from the wrong side of the tracks and we didn't have money. And, you know, so, um, and then there was, also the in addition to like that sort of dynamic of just just being a single or you know my mom being a single parent she couldn't really make ends meet so we had to move in with my grandparents and my grandfather was an alcoholic and so there was this you know dysfunction in the family and there was this um you know really just negative energy you know around around home life and all that so those are all the challenges. And I say that not because I want anybody to feel sorry for me, but because this really is kind of the, the thing that shaped my life, which is that um, these are the challenges that we need to overcome. And uh, just to, to say a little bit more about that, it does. And, you know, I know there's a lot of folks out there. So part of the reason why I want to share this is hopefully someone else can see themselves in this story and maybe take some nuggets take some of the distinctions i made to transition and transform out of that uh, out of that situation and you know it, it really does shape a lot of who we are i realized and this is you know this is many many years of um of self-reflection and study because i wasn't ever content with where i was i was always into some sort of self-development way back when Dennis Waitley and Zig Ziglar and even when I was, you know, 16, 17, 18, 
I just wasn't content to accept that this was my lot in life or, or that kind of thing. And I always had this level of perseverance. And so, you know, but to take a step back and say there are, it does shape, it does, it does impact a person. It does impact a person's relationship. I was, um, you know, in a sense, there was a sense of codependency. There was this sense of people pleasing mm. and there were negative stories around money and the fact that, you know, since we were uh, from the wrong side of the tracks, there's this idea that, oh, those rich people are somehow different than me and that there's not, that's something not to be, uh, aspired to because you don't want to ever become like that. Right. So, but, but so what that did for me was create this backdrop and through that process, it, it forced me to make certain changes in my life. And one of the big changes was to take on personal responsibility. Now I didn't have to do that. I could have just become a victim and, you know, said, woe is me, but it wasn't who I was. It was, I was a person that, you know, I was the oldest in the family, a younger brother. And so for whatever reason, thank, thank God, I'll say, and uh, I stepped up and I, uh, I took on that role. I, you know, I said, I'm responsible and, you know, I'm, you know, sort of the father figure in this situation. And I always saw myself in that, in that role. And so where, you know, and I'll get into a little bit more with a few more distinctions, but where we have these situations where we can have these challenges in our life. We can also use them to step up and to shape us in a positive way to say, I'm yeah. not going to give into this situation. And yeah. what can I, you know, and, and they can, like, I was just fortunate in a lot of ways that that shaped me to be pers to persevere, to take responsibility, to almost be ultra responsible in those yeah. situations. And, and you probably see that a lot. So, uh, I'll I'll share that with you and and so how does that kind of land or what are your where do you want to go yeah. go with that? Well, I I love that and the the idea of self responsibility. My question is, so many times when we hear self responsibility, you know, the first thing that comes up may not be ooh empowerment, right? It might be something different for a lot of people. Uh, it might mean. Um, giving up, you know, and I work a lot with people who have experienced many different traumas in their life. And so letting go, like being responsible means taking 100% responsibility for your life despite the circumstances. And for many people, the idea of holding on to, for lack of a better word, victim, being, being the victim of those circumstances, creates a lot of their identity. And letting go of that by taking self-responsibility can feel like you're letting go of, you know, something that you're, you've held on to for so long because it's created who you are and it's explained why you're, you're justified to feel upset and angry. So, you know, that's the human experience for a lot of people. And I wonder, did that ever, um, you know, did that ever interfere with that, that, you know, path or did it impact you at all? Or were you always seeing self-responsibility as an empowering context? No. Well, it's a great point because there was, fortunately, I, I didn't ever, I did feel, you know, there was times when I felt sorry for myself and, and I did like have that, there was a part of my story that was this victim story that was, yeah. you know, what was me? 
you know, I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks and, you know, you should, you should treat me better or I, I should be more special or I should get some kind of special, I don't know, consideration or something because of that. But I think where there was still another part of me that was I probably more fear of, of staying stuck mm. in that situation. So it was like one defining decision for me. And even though it probably wasn't really a conscious decision as much as it was an unconscious decision, was my decision to not want to be stuck in that household, right? Because it was so dysfunctional that I made a decision early on that I'm going to get out of this house, right? Like when I'm 17 or 18, as soon as I can, I am going to find a way to move out, right? Yeah. So I would say that is probably, that's the thing that was more pow more empowering, more of a driving force in my life than the idea that I'm going to get some benefit by being a victim. Mm -hmm. So that is probably the single thing and it changed, you know, so where I was, was I was either like when I was 16 and a half and I was, I was, um, advanced to grade. So that was one thing I think that also helped me was that I had this level of intelligence and I could, uh, I feel like I could always figure things out. And so that was another thing I think that empowered me, whereas others may, may not have that same sort of sense. And so, um, when I was 16 and a half, I started going to Marine Corps recruiter and saying, Hey, when I'm 17, when I graduate, cause I was going to graduate when I was like 17 and a half, I want to sign up. I want to become a Marine. And that was my way out. That was, you know, my way out of small town USA and this dysfunctional situation that I was in. Um, but fortunately I had a guidance counselor in school who said, why don't you take this test and see, you know, maybe you can get into college and maybe you can even get a scholarship. And so he helped me apply for a scholarship in the Navy when, and, you know, eventually I really wanted to be a Marine. And he said, well, the best way to do it is to go get a Navy scholarship. And then you can always mm -hmm. switch to being a Marine, you know, in two years and that kind of thing. So that's what I did. But mm -hmm. I would say. I would say the two dif differences in the two things in my life that made the difference were one, the sense that I was, I felt like I was always intelligent. And I think that was some, that was a part of my identity that was, that was, you know, pushed into me mm -hmm. because I, like I said, I took a test when I was young and then I, I got advanced into an advanced track in school. And then the second part was just this idea that I wasn't going to get stuck here. Yeah. I was going to, you know, get out of this situation. I love that. A lot of times we think about fear being a motivating factor, you know, in a, in a, in a negative way, in a way that impacts us in a negative way. But in this situation, it was the fear of being stuck that really propelled you forward. I think that's incredible. And then what is this distinction? Can you please tell us, cause you were sharing this with me before and I just loved it so much. And this obviously comes from, um, you know, a lot of your work, um, just with personal development, but effective blaming and how that, um, impacted you. Sure. So, well, let's start like with this process of, you know, really effective blaming comes from Tony Robbins. And I've, I've taken a lot of Tony's, um, seminars 
And one of the biggest ones being Date with Destiny. And I've taken, I've been through that seminar twice, which is an amazing seminar if you ever want, you know, an amazing course, an amazing event uh, for anyone to go through. It is, you know, it is a number of days and it is, you know, it does cost, you know, a bit of money, but um, it's certainly worth it to, to make that transformation. And what I, through that process, one of the first things that I realized was the need for forgiveness. And so the realizing that like he talks about people are doing the best that they can with the resources that they have available. And so, you know, think back to the 1960s and the way things were and the culture that we were in and the way that the people, you know, that were in my life, you know, their, how they were formed and what their values were. And, and even just the weaknesses that my dad had because he left or whatever, and then coming to the conclusion that these folks had done the best they could with the resources that they had available. Mm-hmm. And then coming to the realization also that truly forgiving is realizing there's no need for payback and there's no need for an apology from anyone. So I didn't have to, there was nothing I had to go seek out, but this forgiveness was really within myself. And the benefit was not for them wasn't doing it for them. I was doing it for me because I deserved it. I deserved not to have this burden of, you know, blaming them or holding this grudge. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, through this process, and I wouldn't say it's easy. I wouldn't say it's necessarily an easy process. Although for some, you know, maybe it is just that simple to just hear this and say, I'm going to just, yeah, I see the point and I just see that I'm the one who's, who's suffering because of holding this, um, holding this grudge. Right. And the other component of the forgiveness was, you know, not only the benefit, but the completeness of it. So I want to forgive all of those who are involved in the situation because there were points in time where I like forgave some people and you think that that's enough, but really then you get to the point where, you can actually forgive all the people who are involved in the situation and regardless of their role in it. And then realizing that the last step in the process is to forgive yourself. And that's probably one of the hardest things to do is to, to just forgive yourself for any of these mistakes that I had made in the past or any of this negative um, energy that I carried that yeah. I can just forgive myself and, and move on. And so, so from that, then the next step is you, then you can get into this. You can like, when I, I got to the level of forgiveness, Tony also talks about effective blaming. And so while I was blaming people for not giving me the best start or not, you know, not giving me a great childhood or not maybe giving me the resources that that I could have had or that other people had by comparing me to other people, then I realized that really I need to blame them for the good things that they gave me, the self-reliance, the, yes, the the deep responsibility that I I gained, becoming Mm -hmm. a caring person, being able to empathize with other people in those situations and also being driven and just being, you know, wanting to get out of that situation so bad 
that I was going to persevere. And then realizing that if I set my mind to something that I could achieve these things and mm -hmm. that carried me through the rest of life. So that's kind of the thread of, you know, this anger, this sense of loss, but then realizing forgiveness for others, forgiveness for self, and then effectively like blaming and really crediting them for the challenges that shaped me to be the person that I am. Uh, as you're talking, I'm, I often, when people speak and I relate, you know, you get chills. I, I got these chills around forgiveness. Forgiveness, it's such a, um, I, I've always experienced that. I don't know if you have to add just as a, you know, a back and forth process. It's like, you know, you're, you, you get it. And then, you know, these older feelings come back and then you're dealing and grappling with that. And it's like two steps forward, four steps back. And, and then maybe what you're talking about is you reached this, I guess I'm curious, can you share at what point was there a reach of, you know, what you would say completeness and forgiveness as opposed to the back and forth process? Like what was that point in time? Was it just, I'm done with this, you know, like, or was there an aha moment? I will say there was, and I so relate to this back and forth process because I think you've hit on something that is, it's really a, it's like a level of release that, and we may even cycle. Like at some point you may feel like, Hey, I've given, I've forgiven. And then you sort of relapse and, and that, or I, I did, I will say like a day with destiny, we did a process where I don't even know what the process really was. I can't really describe it, but it was sort of this process of, you know, what Tony talks about is getting into that and thinking about like, you know, those points in time that we really are holding this grudge or what's, what's holding us back or what are those things that, um, Oh, you know, did I do? Oh, there you are. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I the phone call came in. I apologize. That's okay. Uh, uh, so yeah, but Tony talks about, you know, and I don't even know, like I said, the process. But it was in date with destiny, and then you just go through. Um, it was a song, and you know, it was playing, and I was just like, just release me, and then I, you know, just I just felt this release, like. I don't have to hold this anymore. I don't have to carry mm -hmm. this burden anymore. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it was through that process. You know, and, and as you describe it, it sounds so simple. And somebody might be saying, you listen to a song and you release. But that's how, you know, I was just talking to um, my partner last night about how I was saying to him, I've heard this concept of, um, what was it? heard this concept of relationship with yourself is the most important in my whole life, right? You know, mm. personal development my whole life. I'm a therapist, so I preach it, right? But there was something that happened from the time I did Date with Destiny, you know, um, most recently to now where there's, it, it like clicked. Something just clicked. And I think people go through this, just something happens and it just makes sense. You know, it just like all comes together. Um, so it's, that sounds like a phenomenal moment for you. Um, and you know, the other thing that you were talking about, which I think is fantastic is the forgiveness of self. So many people might say, forgive myself for what? I didn't do anything. Um, but there's so 
we don't recognize that so much of the time we're actually angry with ourselves <laughs> or, you know, we're, we're, we're holding on and, you know, it's ourselves to forgive for, for holding on. Right. Um, or whatever it is that you're, you're doing. Um, so what do you, what would you say to people who are just in the process of this in the beginning? They're just, they're, they're not really in maybe the personal development world. Like where should they begin? Um, well, I would say that, first of all, be easy on yourself and, um, yeah, just be kind to yourself. That's mm. really a big part of it because I think we, at least I felt like, well, why isn't this maybe happening faster or, you know, why am I holding on to this or how come I can't make the transformation? And I would just say. Things will come in time and it is a process. Um, certainly I would look to, you know, resources. Um, certainly other people can help like by sharing your, sharing your journey and sharing, um, sharing, becoming more open because a big part of like Renee Brown talks about this and that's another resource that's, that I use the shame, right? And shame grows in the dark when wow. we're just too we're too ashamed to even talk about you know these things that happen to us and if we can find trusted people people who have earned the right to hear our story is the way Brene puts it and share our story with them i think there is great healing in that process yeah. and not necessarily just to i don't think it does good just to share our victim story, mm -hmm. but to start to share our empowering story mm -hmm. and like to rewrite that story, I guess, really in the sense that these things happen to me and I'm not going to let them define me. It doesn't have to be this way for the future, even mm -hmm. though this thing happened to me in the past and I have this story, I can change the ending. Yeah. So, I think it's important to share, like to share these things that sort of shaped us and then have people challenge us and challenge ourselves to write a different ending, mm -hmm. you know, to write a different ending to that story. I love that. I love that so much. Who have been the trusted people in your life who have earned the privilege to hear yours? Interestingly enough, I would say a lot of people in the Tony world who like other coaches, other almost like sort of strangers that I met in that process who were strangers before, but who were on a, on a similar path and who I met at events or through self-development mm -hmm. um, groups, you know, just other, other people who are, had the same journey and who also shared with me the things and challenges that happened in their life. I love that. You know, just trusted, yeah, just trusted like accountability partners. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we talk a lot about how accountability is super important and I certainly have my fair share of accountability partners as well. Um, so Ed, one of the things that you shared with me that I think is great, and I guess this is, and I, I'm, I'm kind of curious how you got into it, but you, you really have a passion for helping people with their health. And 
Can you share a little bit about how you got into that and what it is that you're doing now to contribute in that way? Yeah, for sure. So when I was, when I turned 50 years old, I was like 25, 30 pounds heavier than I am now. And I was on cholesterol meds because, you know, I was overweight. My diet was really, you know, the standard American diet. I had kind of fallen for that uh, thought process, um, three square meals a day, whatever, because that was how I grew up. And that kind of served me, you know, till I was 50 years old, just because I had been healthy enough and worked out enough and it didn't really impact me. But then as we get older, things start to change, metabolism slows down and things like that. So, you know, um, I was in this spot where I really didn't want to be. And like I said, I was on cholesterol meds and the, um, you know, I can imagine myself not, uh, not doing well in the future and mm. only getting worse because things weren't getting better. It wasn't like I was getting any younger. It wasn't like I was working out anymore. And because of, you know, even trying to work out, I had always been a person that was fit and worked out, but it became harder because, you know, just because I was all the inflammation in my body, then my joints would hurt. So then I would be taking motion. And, and I went to, this is really where I started my Tony journey. It was in 2013. And I went to a uh, UPW uh, unleash the power within seminar in Chicago. And through that process, he does what we call the Dickens process. And we imagine ourselves you know, five years from now, and how we're going to be if we don't change the things in our life. And like, you know, the, the ghost of Christmas past, and the ghost of Christmas present, that whole story about how am I going to be and I can write a different outcome for my future. And so as we like future pace and project into the future and say five years and 10 years and 20 years, and how am I going to be? And it's, it, I realized that, you know, I was not going in a good direction. Yeah. And it wasn't where I wanted to be. And so I made a decision and Tony um, offers this um, 10 day challenge for fitness and health. And basically 10 day challenge is to become a vegan for 10 days and really just eat clean, you know, raw uh, fruits and vegetables and, you know, also work out, drink lots of water and breathing meditation. And so I took the 10 day challenge and it was such a transformation in my life that I you know, went 11 days and then 20 days and then 30 days. And I literally went 365 days that wow. year with a vegan diet, you know, really, I mean, strict. It got like over time, I started to incorporate other things back into my diet. And, you know, every once in a while I'd have, you know, whatever, you know, fish and then meat here and there. But really, for the most part, like that was the transforming moment in my life. And from that, I, you know, I got back, I had always been a person that was, like I said, you know, I wanted these great distinctions and, you know, how can I get the edge? And I'd read all these other books, you know, earlier in my life around um, how to have a better diet. And so I started really getting into like the vegan diet and then what are the best things in, you know, plant-based lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a website called Forks Over Knives and, you know, just, and then reading about the science behind it where, People have made this transformation from having heart disease or having diabetes or being pre-diabetic and being able to just make a change in their diet and, and you know, get off meds. And that's yeah. what I was able to do. I was able to get off cholesterol meds just through diet and exercise. And oh that's God. the story that I want to share with other people. I've, you know, made a lot more distinctions about superfoods, supplementation, 
and all science-based, all natural, all based on pure food, not any kind of, you know, quick fix, not, um, you know, the fat or the diet or some kind of, you know, a weight loss regime, but something that's sustainable long-term because, you know, that's what I tell people is you need to be able to have something that you can sustain long-term. So, you know, that's what I really love to do is to help people and um, help them to make that transformation themselves in a healthy and positive way into something that's sustainable. I love that. And so when you work with people to support them, is there something, is there a program that you use or is it, is it a product that you think is, is something that they should, should have or how do, how do you work with people? So I do have, there are superfood products, which I, which I do um, represent. Um, I have you know, from Purim because it's pure and premium is what is what it is. And it's all based on food, basically mm -hmm. freeze dried, organic, non GMO. Um, they're all, you know, kind of vegan sources. There's also healthy supplementation. Uh, one of the big things I talk about with people, and so many people have this problem nowadays, which is with the microbiome. Yep. And there's there's a uh, there's a product called Biomedic, which is, you know, has certifications, which I can share with people if they're interested. But it's um, it's been studied. It has some clinical studies and it's proven it's got, you know, prebiotics, which support the healthy growth of bacteria colonies and probiotics. You know, prebiotics are kind of the um, um, our, um, fiber, you know, healthy fiber that, that, yep. that is food for for your digestive system, your, your healthy um, bio, uh, biome and then you know the probiotics which kind of recharge the the healthy bacteria and then there's also um compounds that are proven naturally to take toxicity out of your body wow. so uh, fulvic and humic acid which is uh, proven to or you know at least studies show that it reduces the levels of toxins in your body so one of the big things is um, these days is um the uh, glyphosate, which is in the environment from pesticides, and it's also used on a lot of foods, believe it or not. Wow. And that's a lot of people have absorbed glyphosate in their bodies. And this helps to what they call chelate or to remove those things from your body. So those are some of the specific products that I market myself because I, I use them and I found them to be super healthy. I <laughs> rarely get even so much as a cold. And you know, just from just from healthy eating superfoods yeah. and taking care of my biome. So, yeah, that's that's a big part of it. I also share with people a process that they can go through of, you know, figuring out where you are, you know, measuring kind of you know what your weight is, going to the doctor, getting a blood profile, things like that. So you can kind of really figure out where you are, understanding, you know, what your level of exercise can be. Yeah, I think it's important to set that baseline and not just rush into things. And then detoxification is one of the big first steps that I teach people. Uh, they need to detoxify their body and that really resets your body. And then you can start, you know, fresh with. And that's what I did through the 10 day challenge, detoxify my body. And then mindset, you know, the third so, component is mindset. So that's what so I wanted it. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Ed, I, there, no, I think there was a lag and I, I'm, I'm interjecting, but that's what I wanted to also, you know, 
say is that not only, I mean, you're very smart and you obviously know what you're talking about. So I, it's like, I trust you automatically. <laughs> um, and there's something about your, you know, there, there are coaches out there, but there's something about, and I call this, and this comes from the post-traumatic growth world, which is really my, what I'm married to in, in terms of, you know, this, this experience of post-traumatic growth, which is expert companions, people who have been through it, and, and they become these expert companions with people on their journey. And I know so many of my clients and so many people in my life, myself included, who have these very, I would say, interesting, for lack of a better term, relationships with food and relationships with how we, you know, what we ingest and how we consume and what we consume. And so I would think, and I know that mindset and coaching around that is extremely important in what you do. It's it's probably the most important piece. And what's what would you say um, is your favorite part about coaching someone on mindset around this? My favorite part is seeing that seeing the transformation is that point in time when they realize that they can take charge of their life and they develop, they actually embody those rituals to where they come back to me and say, I'm now working out every day and I, and I like it and I enjoy it. That's my favorite part. I love it. And I would imagine like you, because of your own journey, you see the possibility, even though people can't see it yet for themselves. And so, you know, really guiding exactly. them. Hey, so I have a question exactly. for you, kind of a fun uh, question, Ed. So what's your power move? My power move? Yes. yes. <laughs> I love that. Mine is yes. Yes. If I do it loud enough, our dog is going to wake up. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And so that's actually one last question. Do you work with people around their mindset, but also the physicality, just, you know, those components of a power move or doing something with their body to really, you know, indent in there this empowerment? What I, I'll tell you, the main thing that I teach people is um is to make a commitment to rituals and so i will say this is kind of the key distinction if you want to make a change then you set them set a goal to do it every day and mm -hmm. so for me it was i'm going to work out every day and when i say that i don't it doesn't have to be an hour of you know an hour in the gym and it and in fact i don't wouldn't want it to be an hour in the gym but I would say five minutes, like I would start and just say, or even two minutes, but I want you to establish that ritual that I get up and I work out every day. And so, you know, and they talk about this in various books. Um, there's a number of books, you know, Tiny Habits and some of these other books that have come out recently. And once you say, I'm going to work out two minutes every day and you do it, and, you know, some people it's 30 days, some people it's 60 days, some people it's 90 days. Being consistent with that for that period of time, suddenly your what becomes your your mind is is um, and as you know, we have this like we have this um, wiring that wants to stick to the familiar. And so yeah. it takes some conscious effort. It does. You know, I can't you, can't, you can't really get past that, but it takes conscious effort to get past what's familiar. 
So yeah. we need to make what wasn't familiar before familiar. And the way to do that is by doing it every day and by not giving yourself an excuse that, hey, I don't have a half hour, I don't have this, I don't have that. But I get up and I work out for two minutes. I get up and I work out for five minutes. Sometimes it's a half hour. Sometimes it's 45 minutes, but it's at least, let's just say two minutes a day. And after 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, it's now a habit. Yeah. And so I, I get that. up and I don't, I don't ask myself, am I going to work out today? Is this the day I work out? I get up and I say, what am I going to do for my two minute workout this morning? That's that. a different question. Mm-hmm. Asking Once different- we're asking ourselves that question, exactly. What am I going to do for my two minute workout today? That's a different question. Now it can, it becomes habit it becomes, you know, we have, we have made the transformation into, into something that we're going to, that's going to be sustainable. Incredible. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed this <laughs> conversation. I just got so much value and um, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you. Incredible. Thank you, Victoria, for, yeah, I'm, I just, I, wonderful. Thank you. I can't thank you enough for having me on the show. Absolutely. Um, before we end, I just want to let everyone know how to reach you. The best way you said was on LinkedIn or Facebook, Edward Green on LinkedIn. And what's one thing just before we end that you would like to leave people with? It could be a quote that you love or something that you think they should read or just a takeaway. My biggest takeaway is be kinder to yourself. Be kinder to yourself. I love that. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's amazing. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, Ed, um, this will not be the last time we talk. <laughs> and I appreciate so much you sharing yourself here. And um, yeah. we'll see you soon. Thank you, Victoria. Amazing.